Building the fashion businesses of the future together. Welcome to the future of fashion business. The future of fashion business is about helping aspiring fashion entrepreneurs and designers start their own successful fashion brands by learning from the best, most experienced people in the industry. I am your host, Esteban Julian. For more advice and to learn more about how I started my own fashion brand, make sure you follow my fashion journey on YouTube at Esteban Julian. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Future of Fashion Business. I am your host, Esteban Julian, and on this week's episode, I sat down with talent strategist Bridget Corden. Now, Bridget is not only a talent strategist, but she's also the senior manager of talent acquisition for portfolio stores at The Gap, Inc. Now, this episode is going to be revolving around one topic, and it's a topic that a lot of people worry about when they're starting their first fashion businesses or their first fashion brands. And it revolves around one question, which is, how do I hire people? You know, what are the things that I should be looking out for in order to hire the right person? And what are the things that I should be looking out for in order to avoid hiring people that are actually not a good fit for my company? And most importantly, how do I create a culture within my company by bringing in the people that are going to be the best fit for my company now and in the future? That being said, let's get into this week's episode. Cool. So everything is ready, Bridget. I'm very excited. All right. You know, I've I've been actually I don't know if I I don't I don't know if I said this before uh, the podcast, but I've been I've been trying to get people from HR for a while now, and <laughs> are the first one officially the first HR executive in our podcast. So, congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> sure. I appreciate it. I'm sure it might be too just too much to handle. Yeah, a lot of pressure. Me speaking. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh, okay. So just to start everything off, can you tell us a little bit more, um, myself and obviously our audience of who you are, you know, not, not as not as this is not an existential question. Of course, this is more of a, what's your story? What was your story like in the industry? How did everything get started for you? I'm sure everybody would love to know. Sure. Yes, definitely. So I live in the San Francisco Bay area in California Mm-hmm. I have been here for a little over 20 years, and I've been um, in the recruiting talent acquisition focused area that entire time. Um, the bulk of the, the bulk of my experience was actually focused in technology, as this is the center of technology. And it was about three years ago um, that I came in to be a part of the Gapping family um, as a part of joining Athleta, and so. In all of my years of recruiting, um, the main thing that always drove me was this possibility of connecting somebody with an opportunity that would change their lives, right? That's my driver. That's the thing that I love. That's the part that I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, And the opportunity that would change somebody's life does on the back end need to be a culture that is a place that supports them to be their best self. What does that look like, right? It's um, not going to burn them out. It's not going to... Um, make them not feel like they have somewhat of a balanced life that that fills them up as a whole person. And so my initial connection point um, and coming into Athleta was Athleta's mission, which is really around building communities of people who lift each other up to do things that they never thought possible. So Mm -hmm. that was what connected me. That's what I was excited about. I wanted to build build these cultures and empower people to create places where people could be their best selves at work. Mm -hmm. And then it was in my process of working at Athleta and getting to know Gap Inc. um, and all of its brands intimately that I realized there was this really powerful, I think, responsibility and opportunity for retail to change change people's lives. And so that's the part that has continued to excite me and that I lean into and and the part I'm really most focused on as what I believe is the the future of retail. Amazing. And actually want to ask you a question based on one, what you just said, how can you, and this is for personal curiosity, how, how does the future of retail relate with, you know, talent acquisition and building uh, good communities within company culture? So, 
talent acquisition is the company. When you have an interview with somebody, the very first person you talk to is usually the recruiter, right? Um, that person is going to determine um, a lot of the feelings that you have around the company, the experience that you have with that person, um, and what you learn from them. And so in joining Athleta, this mission that was so personal to me and my my own personal kind of purpose and mission, um, I, I altered the interview process to be more of me opening up with sharing my why. This mm-hmm. was why... It, Everybody wants to know what a culture is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually it's a question that can sometimes be asked at the end of an interview. Um, and many times the answers are things that you could read on your website. But when it's all said and done, my experience in, in coming to, to this place every single day and being an employee of this place is important. And it's going to give somebody the insight to that. So me telling them, this is why I get up every day. This is why I'm excited to walk into work every day. This is what it looks like and feels like for me. And here's how I'm connected to this. That opens up a different level of conversation, especially when you do it on the front end. Mm-hmm. Um, that creates a really, it creates space for authenticity, for vulnerability, if it wants to live in that space. And you get to really connect in with pe- what people truly want instead of, what it traditionally happens in an interview, right? Which is, I'm going to prepare. I hope I ask all the questions, yeah, right? This, yeah. Right. This recruiter is kind of the boss here. So it's even, it's, it's creating a place that feels even and equal that we both get to share our stories and whether this is a fit or not, we have connected in with each other. And that experience in itself is a wonderful way to bring in an employee if they happen to get hired and, mm-hmm. or just greet and connect with a human. Yeah. Um, so the main, I'm going to take it a little bit farther than the question you asked me. So the main piece of that I think is talent acquisitions responsibility is you are building the future culture. Mm-hmm. It is, it is talent acquisitions, how they connect with people, how they coach people in the interview process, what that looks like, how they're showing up to be there and connecting with them is really setting them up for their future with the company and it's and it's creating the future of the culture so for instance when you're hiring a regional director over you know let's say 200 stores um, Mm -hmm. if that person feels so connected to their why and what this company is about and what that looks like when they're coming in they're going to be connected to their team's why and their team's Mm -hmm. going to be connected to their why and if everybody understands why they're here and what that looks like and we're in a business, particularly in the brick and mortar side of it, um, we're in a business of taking care of people. And I think we've lost that somewhere along the way. So hiring people who want to connect with the customers that walk in the door, you know, Mm -hmm. at the very front lines, I believe that an ideal environment is a team full of people that when a customer walks in the door, that each person on your team is going to wonder like, oh, I wonder what their story is, right? Mm-hmm. That that is the curiosity and the excitement that we greet each person that walks in the door. Yeah. Yeah. So sort of creating the relatability based on, you know, how, how compatible they actually are and not, not only obviously their skills, but as people with what the company stands for and what the company values are and what the company is standing for, et cetera, et cetera, right? Exactly. Yes. Awesome. Bridget, there's, there's so many questions that I would like to ask you based on this tangent that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, I want to ask you a little bit more of how you actually got started because I'm guessing was, was HR something that you just sort of always knew you wanted to do or was it something that you just, <laughs> that just, you just stumbled across pretty much? No, 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 no. Um, I was a communications major in college. I was a competitive athlete for years. So okay. nice. When I, when I graduated from school and I went out into the world, I thought, okay, I want to help people, but I'm also a competitive person that wants to make money. <laughs> so for yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> there was a part of me that was like, oh, the, that's, I, that's the dilemma, right? It's important, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that didn't lead me towards a social worker slant, right? But there was always this tie through. So I ended up going to a recruiting agency. I had no idea what a recruiter was because 20 years ago, they weren't as, you weren't as familiar with them as you are now. Um, And I'm like, so this is a person who's just going to help me get a job. 
for free. Like, okay. Um, and so I went in and I kind of fell in love with what they were doing. And that's how I, I kind of stumbled in and said, well, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. And here we are 20 years later. <laughs> still doing it. Yeah. It's kind of fun. No. And, and I, I guess I, I completely understand where you're coming from because at the end of the day, uh, as you said previously, you know, people are, are people in the industry starting to forget that it is an industry that is driven by people, by community, by that sense yeah. of, of involvement. And especially with how online is having such a big influence, people are getting used to, you know, not having to deal with actual people from the company, just from, you know, they go to a website, they, they look at the products they want to buy. They don't really interact with, with any of the people. So they don't get to experience what the company actually stands for. So mm-hmm. I completely agree with you on the fact that it's, it's sort of, people are sort of forgetting the importance of culture and experience and how people are in the company are completely responsible for it. And it's definitely something that has to be, um, that has to be addressed, especially for, for example, people like my, my audience who are mostly, you know, people that want to start their own fashion brands and, you know, nowadays where e-commerce and digital is so, so, so important, but they have to still remember that people is what makes companies and you have to learn eventually how to find good people for your company. Well, and there's, there's two different ways to look at it, right? Like there's the, we want to create a culture where people feel seen and heard and fulfilled Mm -hmm. in the roles that we create for them. Right. And so Mm -hmm. what's the culture and what are the foundations that we need to build of the culture in order for this to be true? Right. Uh So then you start there and you create, you, you come in as say the leader of this new company and you're starting to hire these people and you're very clear and vulnerable on why it is that you started this, what your passion is and what, how you want your effect to be in the world, right? That's from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Then you have the customer standpoint. So if you do all of that and you create this foundation, you then have the right, I guess you could say, pieces in place to provide what could be the best possible customer experience. And you can think about that from 7,000 different frameworks, but ultimately I do believe that in this day and age where we've all gotten very used to buying things instantly online and walking around looking at our phones and not at each other, mm-hmm. um, that, we, that we miss each other. Like I truly believe that we as humans miss each other. And that when you just create an environment where people connect in and are curious about the customers that walk in the door, not only is that good for your business, it's always good for your business, but that Mm -hmm. person leaves and you've potentially changed their life just in that one interaction because it is infrequent that we have these sorts of connections with people in today's day and age with strangers Mm -hmm. that is right. And so I think it's twofold. It's this way of creating a foundation for your company that you're proud of and that connects them with your own mission and vision. And it's greater opportunity to change the world and have a customer walk out your door and be inspired enough to maybe go change where they work. Mm-hmm. Right. Or what that looks like or show up happier with their family. So I think it's a bigger, more altruistic piece that I also tie into that I think is important. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. to. And, and you know what, I think looking at it, at it this way is, is, is awesome because most of, you know, especially millennials and people, they're starting out, they, they seem to don't want, especially in the creative industries, they, they usually don't want to approach things, you know, logically structured. Uh, they prefer to, you know, be emotional, be open, start building those relationships, find people that they can actually relate with in a deeper level. So having this genuine, relatable, a vulnerable approach to not only meeting people, but hiring potential talent for your company is an approach that I think a lot of people will, will prefer over, you know, a very corporate, very, uh, you know, suit and tie sort of, sort of process. Yeah. Well, and, um, and I think every single generation, right? So I'm Gen X, like I think every single generation brings with it what are the cultures of how they were raised is collectively, right? Yeah. And we have a tendency to say like, oh, millennials do this and oh, this is what it is. But even when you look at different sorts of assessments from an HR perspective, you need it all, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you need the structure that maybe the baby boomers like need in order to feel safe in a work environment. You need that to create, okay, what's this foundation? And then you need the millennials to say, all right, how would we do this different, right? Why do we, why do we have to do it this way? What does this look like to create what feels like this really beautiful, 
diverse work environment that is based on diversity of thought. Um, and yeah, how like, there's sort of like the contrarians. Yes, exactly. Um, cause we need people to question us. Um, I think that's an important, that's important foundation of culture too, is creating that ability. And when you are real and vulnerable, then you have people feeling able to come in and question things. Like I think mm-hmm. we are our best as humans, as employees, when we're curious, mm-hmm. right? And if we create environments that foster curiosity, because all of a sudden we've said, you can come in as all of you. So, so, so bring it, bring the parts of you that studied piano for 20 years and you're a phenomenal pianist, bring that part of you that knows how to like lean into that, right? What's that creative piece that you can bring into this environment? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A hundred percent. And going back to what you said on, because most of talent acquisition, especially, you know, retail has, I mean, I forgot the figures, but most of the people that work in, in retail or in the fashion industry are working, you know, in retail locations. And most of the people right. that are working retail locations are, you know, students or people that, you know, millennials, Gen Z. However, how do you, how do you deal with the problem of, again, what you said of specific, and this, this is an issue that happens specifically with millennials and, and, and Gen Z of not finding purpose working for somebody else, you know, because, because of the internet, everybody wants to do their own thing. So how to, how can you build as a company, a culture that entices younger people, younger talent to stay within your culture for a long period of time instead of, you know, just coming in, learning for this for six months, seven months, what they, what they superficially wanted to learn and then just bouncing and, you know, doing whatever, whatever they were planning to do, you know, because at the end of the day, you need to have long-term relationships with the people that are working with your company. Right. Right. Well, so I'll tell you, having been a Bay area, a barrier resident for years and having mostly worked at startups. So mm-hmm. I function well in environments that are fast growing and different and complex and, um, and where I mostly have to build everything, right? Like yeah. that's most of what I have done. Um, I never looked at Gap Inc. as a place I would want to work at because I thought it was big and too structured and that I wouldn't have room to kind of yeah, buy the book. Right. Right. And that there was, you know, too many layers. What, what I found is that being a part of, of Gapping is there's also so many resources for development that I think uh-huh. are incredible. They have, they have a ton of focus on training their employees, offering training. I've been in more conversations than I can count with people who said, you know what? I learned to be a leader at Gapping mm-hmm. based on the training that's there. Right. So I think we're telling the wrong story, right? I think the story is here's why I'm here. And this is from a talent branding perspective, right? If you're yeah. going to say, Hey, come and work from me. What's the story that you're telling? So part of it starts with, here's why I'm here, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what fills me up about being here. And then here's why my employees are here. Here's what fills them up. And the things that you create and that they speak to about being recognized as an individual, about being given development training, about having tuition reimbursement. Like these are things that actually affect their lives that are different than just looking at a benefits. It's like something on the website that says, here's your benefits. Here's what it looks like, right? You are now in the experience of what this looks like for somebody. If they couldn't afford to go to college, but now they've been getting tuition reimbursement mm-hmm. while working full time in this retail store. Like that's phenomenal. That's an incredible yeah. opportunity, right? It has changed their life while learning to be the best possible leader that they can be. Um, and so in the San Francisco Bay area, I will tell you it's, it is difficult to find people in our retail stores because it's not a place. I would say San Francisco and New York city are probably two of the most difficult to hire in, in general in the United States. Uh-huh. New York. Why, why though, would that be? Well, um, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of people. um, But New York in particular is in many ways home to more retailers and fashion brands than any other city in the U.S., right? So in San Francisco, people move here for the technology opportunities, right? So Mm -hmm. there can be this, this idea that retail, quote unquote, the way we've always known it to be or the experience that we've had, um, 
is a small job or it's too little of a job. When I honestly think store managers and general managers in our company do maybe one of the hardest jobs I've ever seen. You have to be good at everything, which yeah. in any tech company I've ever been at, you don't have to be good at everything. You have to be good at one thing, one right? One thing, yeah. Potentially two. Um, and so I think, you know, for me and helping support the Bay Area, it's really about what's the story we're telling? Are we mm -hmm. telling the story of purpose and that we pay our employees to go and volunteer in their community every month, that we match any donations they give to volunteers. Like there's all of these different incredible things that make people love working here that aren't just about the retail aspects of the job, right? Like how mm -hmm. are we telling, how are we enticing people into the, into the, into the culture of what we're building? And then how are we hiring people who want to connect with people and help them and change their lives in a human, like face-to-face -face scenario. We mm -hmm. have to talk about that because that's what we need to create, right? Mm -hmm. It can't be somebody who just wants to sit behind in Excel spreadsheets all day long. Like we have yeah. to, it's creating that space for people to be able to do that and realize that it is about purpose. Purpose is, if what you want to do is change the world, you can do that one stranger at a time on a significantly more frequent basis just by having a positive interaction with them in a retail store. Mm -hmm. and yeah, you can, 100%. and you can anywhere else. So that was kind of a big answer, but you can tell yeah. I'm passionate about it. And now, we'd like to take a quick commercial break to thank our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Your Social Component. At Your Social Component, we help fashion and e-commerce business owners automate and scale their online sales using the best online advertising strategies out there. If you're looking for a marketing agency that completely understands your industry and can scale your fashion and e-commerce business to the next level, make sure you get in touch through our website at yoursocialcomponent.com. Now let's continue with this week's episode. No, no. And, 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 and it's, and I think it's no, and, and you know what? I completely agree with you because I think it's very important to understand that that's why it's also so important to be careful about the people that you bring into your company. Oh, yes. You can't just, you can't just hire anybody. Again, it's, it's about finding people that you, that not only you can deeply relate to as people, uh, but they can deeply relate with what the company stands for so that you can actually keep providing them with new growth opportunities while at the same time, building your company at the same time successfully. Right. So it has to, and, and, and I guess that's what people say, like, you know, choose the people that you work with or, or hire people as you would choose friends. Right. So that's right. Well, and if you're connecting in, so I, I think Athleta has done a, a really great job of creating communities within their stores. Right. And it's not the typical, like we're going to be here and wait for you to walk in. Mm -hmm. um, right. We're going to go, like they have a mission, they stand on that mission and they are out seeking people who also connect with that mission, um, mm -hmm. which is around a healthy, active lifestyle and coming together as a community to support that, right? So they are out in their communities. They have employees in their stores that are out making, creating relationships with people that also have similar mm -hmm. frames of mind, right? And then they're, and they're inviting people in for free classes into their stores. So it is not just this one framework of here's my, here's my box that I sell my things in. And yeah. then when people walk in, we're going to be kind to them. It's this idea of like, people aren't just walking in all the time anymore, right? How are we out connecting with them? And those are the things, if you want to hire, you want to hire people who are passionate about what you're doing, get out and talk to all of those people, right? Create community, start to create events, be outside of your stores connecting in with what's the town that's as passionate as you are. Because I think we start to hire just anyone out of desperation. Yeah, we get, Right. We get into a situation where we have not, we haven't been out in our communities, networking, connecting. We don't understand where people are, what that looks like. Um, and we haven't gotten to know all the people around us, either in yeah. our, in our center that have similar ideas as us. Um, and so then all of a sudden here we are, needing to fill this job and we rush to it as opposed to having spent all of this time getting to know our community. So we know even what's out there, right. And what the landscape is potential talent. Yeah. 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 No, a hundred percent. And what would you say? Because I mean, those scenarios do happen, you know, that you just yeah. need to hire somebody quickly that you have that urgency because it's either 
that or risking, you know, customer experience. So what, what would you recommend uh, for people that are maybe going through those scenarios? You know, they, they have a brand and they're starting a brand. They need, they need, they really urgently need to fill up a position, but they, again, they, they just can't afford to wait a long time to hire the right person. What's the first best approach in that sort of situation? Well, so <clears throat> I think you do need to strategize on the front end, right? If you are, mm -hmm. you're in the middle of it right now and you're kind of like, oh, we have to hire everybody because, you know, Q4, the shopping season is coming up. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're going to feel a little more anxious. You're going to feel a little more, you know, desperate. triggered, right, and desperate. Um, but having a strategy say if you're on the front end, and I'll come back and answer that other part of the question of what you do when you're actually in no, it, right? Perfect, if you're yeah. on the front end of, um, of planning your business and wanting to launch, like visualize, like what, what do I want my store to look like and feel like when, they, when somebody walks in the door, right? Go around, comp shop. What are the places where you feel filled up when you leave? And what were the characteristics of what you experienced in that store to make you feel that way? Was mm -hmm. it visual presentation? Was it customer connection? Um, was it the ease of checkout? Like understand what are the things that make me feel and go into lots of different stores and look at that, right? What, what would be the most positive experience? And then, and then look at, okay, what are the, behavioral traits that I need to, I need to be consistent so that this environment can come to life. Right. Yeah. Is that genuine curiosity in the customer? If that's the main thing I want to create in my store. Um, and that's the main thing you need to get to in the interviews with people, right? Mm -hmm. Why, where do they go out of their way to connect with people? Why are they curious about what they want to do? How do they help people? Right. Not mm -hmm. just have they worked in a retail store before, but why do they love helping people? What does that look like? What's the favorite customer that they've inter ever interacted with, right? How has that story stayed with them, right? Are they getting to know their customers in a way that truly impacts the customer? Yeah. And if you can start there with people, you can teach them the rest of the skills. Now, if this is your very first store, you are going to need people that know how to run a store, have some previous experience, right? Like mm -hmm. actually having run this before. So it's this balance and understanding as you build this team in this physical location, or even if you're supporting an, you know, an Omni brand or just an online only brand, what are the, what are the frameworks when you're looking at different, different breakdowns? Like are people, are you hiring people that are curious? Are you hiring people that have the ability to look at data and provide insight? Are you hiring people who are determined, who work through things and they get stuck and they just keep working through it? Um, and then are you hiring people who are engaged, who, who are filled up by engaging with other people, right? Like what does that look like? And, and I think when you, when you look at those four things, that's how you start to create balanced teams. Mm -hmm. is, is in looking at these, these four kind of areas. Um, and then if you're already in it, do a quick readjustment. What's the most important thing for me to have? Do I have the training in place yeah. to teach this person the skills to be able to do the job? If so, then hire the people that are most excited about engaging with your customer mm -hmm. and it will be, it will be, the best possible thing you can do, knowing that they're going to have a window of time they have to ramp up and actually learning the operational aspects of the job, right? Of course. Um, if, you, if you get somebody that has both, that's, that's ideal. But the main thing is don't post and pray. That's what we say in talent acquisition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't post and pray. People yeah. apply to you, particularly if what you're doing is opening in highly competitive markets. Um, get out there. Get to know people. Talk to them. Get to ask them what they love about what they're doing, who they know, share your vision with them. The more that you can share your why, the more people will, you've given them a feeling to connect to so that they can then say, oh my gosh, you know who would be great for you? So-and-so. And it's not yeah. because you have a GM opening or a store manager opening. It's because you just gave them a, a feeling and experience around their, around your mission. And once yeah. you do that, connect, people can connect into the feeling they have when they, when they connect with people, right? In a bigger mm -hmm. way. Yeah. No, 100%. And I mean, it, this, 
of course, it all goes back to and most important thing that everybody has to understand so far is finding people that, again, share your passion, share your vision, really believe in what you're doing. Uh, but how do you qualify people that are applying to those positions? Because especially in retail, you know, people, you know, people, a lot of people are just looking to find a job. They don't care. They don't care about the company. They just want to get a job for, you know, a short period of time. And, you know, as a business owner, you need to find ways to filter out people that are right. not a good fit for the company, both from because what you're looking for, what they are looking for. So what are some sort of, and this might be a very general question, but what, what would be some sort of process to qualify potential candidates a little bit better instead of just, you know, having 30 meetings every day and then 20 of them find or 25 of them turn out to be just a complete waste of time so that people can start so, avoiding that. Yeah, I think it, I think it varies I think that is a really big question, right? Yeah, but if you break into the systems that support your access to people, right? Most most companies are going to have something similar to an applicant tracking system. But if you're, and there's a, so many options out there, right? But if you are brand new, you might just have an email that you have. That says, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, that you're tracking, right, that you're tracking yeah, people yeah. in the email. What does this look like, right? You're going to have a whole variety of different technologies to support where you hold like this, these potential candidates, right? Where they are. Um, and so I would say the most important thing is the clearer that you are on your why, the clearer you can create um, a checklist sort of. Well, and also a job description that speaks mm -hmm. to what you actually want. Right. And so the more I even coach people on this with their resumes, the clearer that you are about what you want, the less likely that people will reach out to you for a job that's not a fit. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm in talent acquisition, but my passion is about the entire employee experience. So I I'm I straddle talent development, HR, and talent acquisition, because those are all of the things that light me up. It's the entire opportunity to create an environment that allows people to be happy, right? And to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to getting clear on that and you write that job description, the clearer that you are, like for instance, I saw a job description where the only part of the entire job description that was bolded said, we want this to be the most fulfilling um, something like we want we want your experience with us to be the most fulfilling um step along your career mm -hmm. as possible yeah. they highlight that was a one bolded thing and i was like oh that's phenomenal that mm -hmm. makes me intrigued that i don't even know what the company does i don't even know what they are about but i'm intrigued i'm intrigued by this one statement that they bolded and why your they approach right yeah. exactly and so um, it's, it's that, it's, being, it's getting really clear on what you want to build so that you can portray that to them. So it's in the building of your job description, how you speak about your culture and, and your vision on your website. That is attracting candidates in one way, shape, or form. And then mm -hmm. from the screening perspective, what you can do is ask people, ask people to send in a cover letter or have a little piece where when they respond and they apply to you, just like, why are you passionate about our mission? Right? Yeah, yeah. Why are you passionate about our vision? What do you love? You know, do, do you love meeting new people and learning their stories as much as us? If so, tell us the most recent story that, you know, somebody that impacted you in a really mm -hmm. positive way. Right? Like you start to think about what are the, what are the things I want to get and how do I ask questions potentially on the front end to give me that, mm -hmm. right? If people are just applying to you and, and they're not doing these things, maybe you're asking them and you don't want to create tons of barriers to entry, right? I'm not saying that you set up like a whole bunch of things before you even get the person, but you do want something that feels really meaningful and you do want people that are excited that you're asking for that, right? Yeah. That this is something that you're looking for. Um, and then in your interview process, be thoughtful on the front end and try, depending on how many people that you have them interview with, be thoughtful on having different people dig into different areas, right? Um, the four things that I mentioned 
earlier um, are, are a consistent thing spoken to by Egon Center, which is a big consulting firm that speaks mm -hmm. to how people are successful. Um, yeah. You know, and the four things are curiosity, insight, engagement, and determination. Um, mm -hmm. Those four things are a lot of what Gap Inc. has built. Um, it's kind of interviewing philosophy around. Yeah. Um, and I think they, I, I do think that they're really true. Like if you build an interview process where ultimately what you're trying to do is determine if somebody shows up in those ways, what is their opportunity mm -hmm. to show up in those ways, you're going to feel like you've fully vetted them instead of just sitting down and going, oh my gosh, we went to the same college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So amazing, right? <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, yeah. felt like in my gut that we were a match, right? Which I hear over and over All again. Yeah, yeah, people, yeah. right? But it is really truly about going, Yes, I liked how they showed up, and yes, I liked, say, the energy that they brought to this interview, but I also really liked that over and over, they're a question asker. They want to get to the root of what, what might be a better opportunities, and they look at data to be able to say, oh, this is interesting. What if we did it differently? How do we get to better numbers because of this, right? Yeah. But you're really digging into those, those four things, um, particularly in your leadership roles, so that you understand they know how to run a business, help run it through, and they're excited to help grow it alongside you because they believe in the mission and the vision of, course. of what you have created. Yeah, of course. And and what about what about when you come across people that are very skilled in one area, maybe their area that they're actually applying for, but their passion and natural talent is in another area. How do you how do you approach that talent's development? Should you just let them go through what their developed skill has been in or give them the space or position them in a way where they can focus more on what they're more naturally curious and good at? I think that's a phenomenal question that has lots of different answers to it. <laughs> because so, because it, yeah. it, and I think this is something particularly important with, you know, millennials, Gen Z, because they don't even know what they want to do yet. You know, sometimes right. as a company, your role is to help them figure that out. Right. But Maybe it takes them seven years to figure out what they actually were really, really good at to begin with. And they, just because they were working in your company doing something else, they developed this massive talent and something that they don't want to end up doing in the long run, you know? Right. So there's, there's a whole, there's a whole world of thought on, right? Like when you identify people's strengths with, there's so many options to identify people's strengths. There's strengths finders, there's a standout, there's a variety of different assessments that, that could tell you, right? Like, mm -hmm. here's my employee population, this is what it looks like, here's where I need to put them. Um, but there's also a lot of, like, you can find out a lot from somebody in, like, how they work. Like, yeah. you know, in, and in, the, in the interview process, are they, you know, in, if they're doing a, a project plan, how do they approach that project plan? Are they thinking about the end goal and then backing into it? Are they a person that likes to brainstorm and partner with other people that then help implement it? Like you can figure out a lot of different ways that people work best within the process of the interview process and how they're working together. And I think it, I think if you can figure out a way to have people lean into their strengths as opposed mm -hmm. to having them try to focus on the things that aren't naturally strengths for them, you and you want them to work on those, right? To mm -hmm. develop, to be like a, a more fully rounded human and an employee. Um, but the more that people get to lean into their strengths and the stuff that lights them up, the better. And say you've just graduated from college. Um, you might not know what you want to do in the world of now you've graduated from college, what jobs are you going to look at, right? Like, I feel like that's a lot of the questions you're asked when you graduate from school. Like, now what do you want to do? Do you want to go into investment thinking? Do you want to do this? And it's a very structured, this world of the, of the corporate world. And, and when you graduate from school or you're, or you're in school, you don't know what that you don't know what any of it is. You don't you, still you've take never been to like the self-discovery right, process. Right. And you're early on in that, right? But you are going to have natural areas where you, where you lean into. So the more you get to lean into that, so say for me, mine is the opportunity to engage with people and help them solve problems. And I love creating new things and thinking about possibilities and innovating like those are mine. Did I know that when I graduated from college? No. But if we were to look at what was a consistent thing for me, um, mm -hmm. it was always people. 
right? And so it's the realization of like, okay, is this a people person? Is this a process person? Is this a planner, right? And how do you allow them to lean into their strengths? Um, and again, assessments can be helpful in you learning how to create your own environment, right? There's a, mm -hmm. there's a ton of them out there. Um, but I think when you're getting somebody on the front end of a self-discovery process, right? And mm -hmm. just because somebody is 21 doesn't mean they haven't been through a big, course. a lot of big self-discovery. I wouldn't say yeah. that, right? I, I hadn't at 21, I'll be honest and vulnerable and saying that, like I had it. Yeah, I had to like no, go no, through, right? <laughs> no idea. No, I had like yeah. a really pretty easy life, right? And maybe yeah. other people haven't. So I think when, when it comes down to it, asking people when they're early on in their career and they're not sure where they want to be like what have they enjoyed the most what was a part of their life that that they found themselves enjoying was it you know was it like for me it was studying in groups and when i was able to study in groups and then teach back to people that's how i studied best right yeah. whereas other people it's differently so it's understanding all of those different things and then take it in and to go okay well here's the job i need them to do if they've always loved being in groups i should probably put them in front of people they should be involved in helping create this experience that we are doing right yeah. um and 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 really just kind of matching it up there and growing from there because the self-discovery process is a big one and my dream is that and this is just my dream. So this isn't anything about, you know, any place I've ever worked, but it's that I think one day if we could have corporations that, that guide that people through that, that process. Right. Of, right. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that yeah, in yeah. the self-discovery process that is happening and could happen while you're also in a corporation and part of it does. Right. But I mean, even earlier that, than that, you know, just the, the school yeah. system itself right. just that they're actually prepared to, to do what they have, know what they actually want to do, not, you know, as soon as possible. So they don't waste a lot of time doing it. Right. And starting to understand it doesn't all in particularly in the United States, it doesn't have to look like straight A's, all of these different, you know, activities, blah, blah, blah. Then you get into the school and then you, I mean, what's happening in college colleges right now with like levels of anxiety and stress is like unprecedented. It's yeah. crazy. So, yeah. and again, that's not the topic for this one, but it is, right? It's the same thing of how do we create- Sure, but it relate, one relates with the other, right? And like, right, yeah. And how do we create environments that help people to be their best selves? Mm -hmm. um, which is really self-awareness. If we can help yeah. people be more self-aware and say, you know what, to your point, I don't love this and I love this. And this actually lights me up to do this sort of work. So you're mm -hmm. not just going, jumping from job to job, which I think is what a lot of, like you can say millennials, what have you, they're kind of like, well, what is the thing? Where's yeah. the one that's going to fill me up, right? And then you end up having all the same experience and then you feel like you're stuck mm -hmm. in this job you've always done that you're like, I don't think this is the job for me. Um, so how do we create environments that allow people to say, okay, I love this, but not this. So what does that look yeah. like here, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, or, or I don't like this at all, but at least this company is giving me the opportunity to try different things out until I find right. the thing that's right for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and do you think like, like a more, like a, a tangible way to approach that problem, do you think of like, you know, I don't know, introducing them or giving them sort of responsibilities in other disciplines so they can sort of test the ground a little bit more? What would be like a tangible strategy for people that are in that position and want to guide their own, their employees to you know, be more, more self-aware and find what they actually want to do within their company. Well, so, um, there's a, you know, Gap Inc., like I said, has a lot of incredible resources and I think they do a phenomenal job of creating, creating those resources and that development for their employee population. One of the things that they have is in a sense, it's like kind of an high impact development plan. Yeah. And so what you're looking at is the opportunity to say like, okay, well, this is what I love and this is what it looks like. And these are the areas like, what does that look like within this organization? Right. And if it looks mm -hmm. like X, then I want to create what feels like an opportunity to lean into X and mm -hmm. say, okay. I'm call stretch assignment. You can call it, heat experience there's a lot of different words even in the ecosphere outside of gapping that speaks to this opportunity to lean in and try something mm -hmm. and say 
okay, do I like, oh, am I enjoying like spending this amount of time? Like you allow that flexibility within your work culture, if you can, where somebody's kind of like, hey, I'm intrigued by this. Is there any way I could go over and work in that department for three months and we have this other person's intrigued by my department come over here, right? Like we're just going and flexing in and out to see like, oh, I enjoyed that. Because at the very end, if they say, you know what, it, it isn't exactly right, but they're coming back with a greater understanding of all of the pieces of the pie, the function mm-hmm. of the organization. There's, um, there's a retailer, and I can't remember, it might be Uniqlo, but, but I, don't, I don't want to quote it wrong, but I heard that many of their executives um, actually rotate around. So you'd be the head okay. of marketing uh-huh. for like three years, and then you would wow. be head of operations for like three years. I mean, with the uh-huh. idea being that you are really First yourself. Right. Yeah. And you're understanding it from all these different aspects, which. That's great. That's a great approach. Right? Yeah. It's an amazing. Yeah. approach. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that I'm quoting the right company. So just. <laughs> yeah, just a heads there, up. Maybe, maybe it wasn't yeah. Uniqlo. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but I love the idea of this idea that you get to understand all the different pieces of the pie. Right. And you get to awesome. lean in and see what that looks like. Like mine would probably be like, Oh, I would not want to go into say finance, finance right yeah. <laughs> so it feels like the opposite, the but how, opposite much would I learn? how much would i learn if i went and did like a three-month stint no, finance? Be like so much i'd come out and go oh i have a better idea of how to put together this people program because i understand on the back end what needs to happen to make it viable in the revenue model that we have set up right and so um that's hard when you're a brand new company starting up. How do you create all these experiences, right? I think the first and foremost, you have conversations and you lean in and you hire people who who, who want to drive their own development yep. as well, right? And you create in environments where they can. Like if you're intrigued by this, like lean in. You get like whatever two hours a week where you get to lean in. That's another cool thing that, that startup technology companies do is there's been some where, you know, you've got two hours a week, you have to have white space. I mean, the whole company has it blocked off on there and nobody can email anybody. Nobody can do anything. And the idea is that you're leaning into stuff that you love. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, so would that be a great way for people to like, what do you naturally want to do when you have those two hours mm-hmm. outside of your job? Right. Okay. Um, and helping identify it. So just lots of, ideas of ways to implement that in a place that doesn't have as much structure or resources as say like a gap ink, right? Awesome. 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 Well, Brigitte, lots, lots of really, really good information, lots of good strategies. I'm going to ask you, well, two last questions, but there's one question that because this is an HR topic, uh, it's the question that everybody always asks. Everybody always wants to know. <laughs> so, you know, firing people, is it, is it, is it hire slow and fire fast or hire fast, fire slow? <laughs> what do you think is a better, what do you think is a better approach? It's, it is, um, it's a question that everybody asks, Bridget. you must, you must have already known I was going to ask that question. Yes. So, um, funny enough, because talent acquisition is actually on the, in its nature on the front end of hiring someone, I'd say like the honeymoon period that we have less interaction. But so, I do believe that the more authentic and open we are about what we want on the front end, Mm -hmm. the more you start to carry through what feel like authentic, real conversations throughout Mm -hmm. the entire. So if you start that way and you are clear about your mission and what you expect and you have very targeted kind of like, this is, this is what we expect. And throughout the process, you are aligning, say it's monthly on like how things are going. Here's where you're doing well. Here's where you're getting stuck. Here's the potential path forward. If that's what you are talking about on a regular monthly basis with your employees mm-hmm. and your leaders are doing that with that in their place, it's not about you're going to find out is it this working or not. And the person, because you've, in, in, you've welcomed them into this environment that is around, this has to be good for you and me. This is a team. Yeah right? Mm-hmm. This isn't just about me as the employee and you as the employer and I'm the one with all the power. It's the same as the interview dynamic I was giving you earlier, right? Yeah. We're in this together. This has to fit for you and has to fit for us. Here's where it is. Here's where it's not. Here's where we're trying to change it. And mm-hmm. over, if, if, if given 
and you've had enough of those conversations, it's not changing. I think both of you are going to know that it's not working and that it's time to move on, right? So it's less about there being one mantra you hold yourself to, which is you hire fast and then you fire slow or whatever that is, right? Like mm-hmm. I would say it's more be authentic and transparent on the front end and then throughout the entire process and you'll know when it's time. And so will, so will your employee, mm-hmm. right? If those are the conversations you're committed to having and that you hire people within your organization who are willing to have those and committed to having that too, it will be a natu- natural process of this doesn't fit anymore. It's yeah. time to move on, right? Okay. Yeah, it will be a more mature sort of process. So pretty much, I mean, it's, it's like, make sure you hire well and firing won't be even necessary. If you and do guess it what? well. Right, yeah. well, and, and guess what? You're gonna, you're gonna make mistakes when you hire. That's just how it is, right? And that's how you learn and that's part of it. Um, but when you have those mistakes, don't then create a whole list of I'm never gonna do this again scenario, right? I think we can create a whole list that then starts to blind us to the potential in people. Because we'll start to create by human nature, we're going to start to create like, well, this person had this sort of associations or right, right. This person had this sort of a background, so that doesn't work. So anyone with that sort of background doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. Make your interviews around behavioral competencies. Like, who are they? What have they done? What are they looking for? Just because they worked at the same company this other person worked at that was that wasn't a great fit doesn't mean it's the same person, right? So it's really coming in going, you know, diving deep into the questions you can to, and, and trusting that that you're going to have enough conversations that you're going to know if this is a fit or not. But ultimately believing nobody comes into work wanting to do a bad job mm-hmm. ever. I really think that people generally want to be good at their jobs because it makes mm-hmm. them happier. Everybody wants to feel satisfied. Yeah, it gives them purpose. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course, 100%. So if you know that their intent is positive, but they might have a skills gap. What does that look like? If you know, right? If you've hired them for the wrong job, is there something else for them? Because behaviorally, you know, culturally, they deeply connect with your vision and they actually bring a lot, right? So there's yeah. all these different ways to look at it that is not around um, a one size fits all. Right? No, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Awesome, Bridget. Well, um, on that note, I mean, I could talk about people forever because uh, that's why I was able to know that the opposite of what you wanted to do was finance because that's probably in the exact same position. (laughs) So I could could talk about this sort of stuff forever. But unfortunately, uh, we got to keep the episodes a little bit short uh, for the sake of the audience, of course. If it were for me, I would just be keeping on having these conversations. So uh, I can only thank you for being here with us today. A lot of very valuable information. And I hope I can have you back on the podcast anytime that you are available. We'd really love to. Well, thank you. I had fun. I appreciate it. Awesome, Bridget. Thank you. If you want to learn even more about how you can start your own fashion brand, make sure you follow me on YouTube at Esteban Julian. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Future of Fashion Business. Make sure you subscribe to listen to our future episodes.